Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 32 of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me as guest, Dr. Melissa Durfee from California. Dr. Durfee is an East Asian medicine provider who practices integrated cosmetology. She is an expert in East Asian beauty rituals, holistic facial rejuvenation and stress management. She also practices gender affirming skincare and is an advocate for speaking out against medical fat phobia. Our talk today is all on inclusive, integrated cosmetology and loving yourself. Dr. Durfee really is a champion for inclusive medicine and celebrating beauty and wellness beyond Western standards of beauty. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Melissa Durfee. So Melissa, I absolutely love all the things that I just kind of told my listeners in the introduction that you do. I think you have a really unique practice, um, of course, being very integrated. Um, can you just tell our listeners for you when I use that word integrated cosmetology, what does that really mean to you and your patients? Right. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Uh Integrated cosmetology is something that I've sort of been developing over uh, the last decade or so of my practice. And it really, it's a combination of ancient techniques and modern techniques, as well as techniques from Eastern train of thought and Western train of thought. It's a little bit of a mismatch, but uh, it all fits together because everything is super individualized. So uh, what my patients and clients uh, experience is a sort of moving like water and being able to be flexible to really meet them where they are and get them to where they want to go. And we pull from traditions from all over the world uh, both modern and things that have been around for thousands of years. That is so cool. So basically, you guys, what she gave you right now is the answer is like, that is just my magic. Okay. And I always <laughs> like totally talk about believing in your magic and practicing your magic, getting a little bit more concrete, like what kind of techniques and modalities do you like to use with your patients? Well, one of my specialties is uh, facial cupping, and that's something I've been doing for about 15 years now, and it is a wonderful lymphatic drainage modality, and it's a great, um, it is a great alternative to some more invasive type therapies. It helps to, of course, drain the fluids and lymph from the face so that your body can kick in and create um, more collagen. Uh, it also helps to temporarily plump the skin. Uh, so if you have an event to go to, it's a really great sort of red carpet treatment. Uh, another 
treatment that I really excel at is facial acupressure, of course, uh, and uh, facial massage. And I like to teach my patients and clients how to do that themselves. So a lot of times virtually, uh, I will be teaching someone a full routine on how to really make their skincare a ritual rather than a chore. Uh, oh, I love that. It's really that celebration of skincare exactly. as a ritual. I think we should all take that away from this episode. That's going to be my first take home point, like skincare as a ritual to really celebrate it. And you do do some um, purely East Asian beauty ritual as well, correct? I do. Absolutely. Yes. So I do. Uh, I, I am an herbalist. Um, I'm a registered herbalist. So I do extractions in-house uh, at my office and I use the preparations for different uh, East Asian based facial treatments and also for home care. And I'm really, I, I've borrowed some of these formulas from ancient imperial uh, formulas and I modernized them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So it is really all kind of both science and your magic. And I hope all of you are kind of at least going to glance at the YouTube because on the video, you can see the flawless glow of Melissa's skin. So what she's doing is definitely working. So, you know, the other thing that I really, that drew me to you was that I think we both share this um, strong belief that when you establish a practice or when you kind of create the sacred space for your clients, patients, whatever you like to call them, you know, one of my core values is really to create a culture of belonging. And I have this goal that everybody who walks through my doors or comes into my world um, you know, feels like they belong. Of course, we got to put up boundaries and we don't, you know, tolerate certain behaviors, but that's of course, like for everybody's safety and well-being. And you really, um, you know, do a lot with sort of, you have talked about meeting patients where they're at and gender affirming skin care. So I would just love for you to share your philosophy because I think it's just such a beautiful philosophy. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and yes, we definitely share that value of wanting people to feel like they belong. And it's really been my continuing mission for my entire career to embrace uh, beauty and wellness beyond our Western standards, which can often be um, racist and sexist and fat phobic and all of those icks. <laughs> so, yucky icks. The yucky icks. And so my patient philosophy is really that I believe that not only the body has the innate ability to heal itself and to feel amazing, but that everybody deserves to feel beautiful and that everybody deserves to love what they see in the mirror outside of society's expectations. Yeah, I could not agree more with that, that everybody deserves to feel beautiful. And, you know, beauty is really both from the outside in and the inside out, right? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, our skin is a reflection of our internal organs, even more so in the Eastern uh, train of thought than, than the Western train of thought. 
And in East Asian medicine, we really see specific areas of face connecting to certain areas of the body and also different areas of the body reflecting to different areas of the body skin wise. So it's, it's purely a reflection of what's going on inside. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that whole idea that health is, um, a whole sort of body job, right. And a whole mind job and a whole soul job, right. We are so much more than pieces, parts stuck together. We are entire beings, uh, body, mind, and spirit, spirituality, uh, however you want to picture that is a part of your health. So bringing positive affirmations into your health care regimens or your skincare regimens, even I teach my patients to bring affirmations into their skincare routines while they're working on their face. They're really telling themselves how much they love their face and bringing beautiful, positive energy into that. There's so much research on the power of positivity and affirmations and it's just beautiful to see things in a more holistic way and that's really how I got into the eastern side of things so before we go into your story would you just for our listeners if this really resonates with somebody driving the car would you just give us some of these affirmations that could be helpful to people to mm-hmm. say as they cleanse and massage and take care of their skin Oh absolutely I love to help people craft their own but some real general ones that can help to get you started are I am beautiful I am strong. They're all I am statements. And I like to tell people to choose something that a feature that they really love about themselves and talk to that piece and say, I love my cheekbones. I love my lips. I am taking care of myself to be a better human. I just love that. I mean, I know our listeners too. I just completely felt that. Thank you so much. When you said, I am strong, I am beautiful. Like you can't, but help, but feel that in your soul and be uplifted about it. So thank you so much. So will you just share a little bit about your own journey on how you just got to this, I want to say almost place of like enlightenment and integrated cosmetology where you're at now? Thank you. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it enlightenment. We're all works in progress, but I have definitely come a long way. Uh, I'm a proud fat woman. You know, I say the term, I am, I am happy with my body. I've moved beyond body neutrality. Uh, but body neutrality is really what I strive for my patients to go for, uh, if they can't get to body love, but it was a long road to that. I'm an eating disorder survivor. I was really ingrained in diet culture for a long, long time. And it was just absolutely awful on my self-esteem. And it was also really terrible for my skin. Uh, When I was in the midst of my eating disorder, I had the worst skin of my life and I kept trying to do everything external. And it really, it was an inside job 
Uh, my journey is probably similar to a lot of other people that I just I got to a place where I said I have to find a way to be happy with myself and not see myself as a before and so I read a lot of books uh the body is not an apology is a great one um intuitive eating was really really powerful for me and while healing myself from that uh, eating disorder and healing some of those mental pieces and the pain that I went through, uh, I discovered that there were so many more people like me out there. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to go back and get my doctorate and, so that I could offer a place of understanding, a place of love, and a place of belonging, like, like you say. Uh, I grew up in a small town and kids are mean. So that's definitely a part of my journey. And it wasn't until I was in my undergraduate program that I really found people who accepted me as I am. And I just want to say to the listeners out there, if you're struggling with finding people to accept you as you are, there are so many amazing communities, both online and in person. They're not too terribly hard to find, but finding community is so key to having a healthy journey towards neutrality and hopefully eventually love for yourself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And you know, just just if somebody is not quite clear on um, what body neutrality means, um, I just you know most of us are our own worst critics, right? And again, right. Western um, culture. You know, I just recorded an episode about Jax's song, or a couple episodes ago. Um, you know, uh, the Victoria's Secret song about oh, yes. it's like standards made up by an old dude in Ohio it that's really now is. making everybody feel bad and creating their body issues. You know, and 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 that that's really society. And unfortunately, you know, we we get like from a very early age, those beliefs that society currently has mm -hmm. is, or that our Western society has is ingrained in us and it makes us feel less than if we don't sort of meet this unattainable standard, let's just be real, this Photoshopped plastic surgery enhanced kind of standard. So really body neutrality is, and, and you can probably explain it better as this, to just accept as the step what is instead of kind of hating on yourself and being down on yourself to just accept and and sometimes you know as an exercise if people you know again I have used that exercise too with some of my coaching clients to like find some things about their body that they love and just to focus on them and sometimes people have an incredible hard time doing that and so I just like that tell them to do just start with something like I have collarbones you know mm -hmm. I am breathing I am walking because unfortunately sometimes we find ourselves in a place where that is the best that we can do 
And if that's the best that you can do, then your best is good enough. And, you know, it's finding that middle place between hating your body or being negative towards your body or your face or your skin or anything that you can be negative about towards yourself versus loving your body and loving everything about it. And you don't have to love everything about it to be in be body love, but neutral is just that, that neutral place, understanding that your body got you here and that you are still breathing and that you are still with us. And if you can get to that place, it makes it easier to make the jump towards love. Yeah, it but makes you want and to for most of us hair. internally, just neutrality would be such a beautiful place, right? Absolutely. Because as I said, we're our own worst critics. We are. Uh, we would never talk to a friend the way that we talk to ourselves. You know, we would never tell our friend, oh, I hate my calves. They don't fit into anything. You wouldn't say, oh, your calves really suck. <laughs> you wouldn't say that to your friend. So treat yourself like a friend rather than an enemy. Yeah. So um, we kind of touched a little bit about fat phobia. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that a little bit because it's really a thing. Like it's unfortunately oh, sure. a thing. And you are also in this inclusive kind of um, environment that you're cultivating. I think you're really an outspoken advocate against medical fat phobia. I am. When I was in my doctoral program, uh, I did a narrative review on medical fat phobia, and I found some really, really disturbing uh, statistics that that found that stress and shame that were put on to people by their physician or by some other medical professional made people I mean, you know that it makes people avoid medical care, but it uh, medical avoidance due to medical fat phobia, due to how you perceive that you will be treated uh, is so huge. And there's so many cases out there of diagnoses being missed, diagnoses being uh, avoided and people that could have gotten help and were unable to because of the stigma associated with uh, how they looked for the medical system. And our medical system is pretty inherently fat phobic. It's written into the policies of a lot of insurance companies that if you're over a certain BMI, which is a racist term in a whole other episode in itself, um, if you're above a certain BMI, they have to recommend, uh, they have to refer you to bariatric. Hmm. And there's just so many, so many studies that were, that have been done, uh, that have showed that the attitudes and the bias within the system just really hurts people. Yeah. And that hurt, you know, that hurts my heart, of course, but 
I worry about the, those people who are being, who are falling through the cracks. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I mean, you are really a champion for um, very inclusive skincare and healthcare. And I love that, Um, you know, you do a lot of gender affirming skincare. Um, You know, again, you speak out openly against medical fat phobia, and you have really kind of made your name as being somebody who meets people exactly who they are at that moment in time where they're at, which is, I think, a goal that both as beauty providers, as medical aesthetic providers, as healthcare providers, we should all aspire to do. So, you know, when I think about like, how can we really move the needle towards letting go Mm -hmm. of some of those biases? I mean, the first thing I thought about is that really, it's up to us to really hold up our own mirrors and sort of maybe recognize or try to recognize some of our own biases um, in order to rectify them. And then, you know, just again, having the mission of inclusivity is definitely a mission of my business. Um, And then, you know, finally, of course, also to make sure that in all you know, social media and advertisement, there's inclusiveness so that um, patients of traditionally biased against um, communities kind of can visually see representation because representation is so important. important. (laughs) As an expert, what are some of the other ways if there's, you know, providers or even just people listening that we could kind of work towards more inclusivity? Well, um, access is really huge uh, for one being, and by access, I mean more than just the access to the care itself. I mean, that is your office accessible to someone who is differently abled or someone who is of a different size or shape? Um, Do all of your chairs have arms on them? Uh, Can your treatment table withstand? certain weight limits or do you have one of the little ones that'll tip over if someone's over 200 pounds you know these are all things that as a fat person trying to navigate society we we look at when we are making appointments or when we are wanting to see someone we're going to be looking at their space and seeing can I fit here Um, both physically and mentally. And so that's really a big piece that providers can do is they can look at their office and see, is this a welcoming space from someone who doesn't fit the norm? Yeah, that's a a super great kind of practical even point. Yes. Uh, another, another thing is to maybe follow some body positive or body neutral uh, influencers or speakers or people who are speaking out about this to read some of those books that I mentioned <laughs> before And there are, and if you're more into reading research, if you're a professional and you're like, oh, I just spend time on PubMed, there are some some fantastic uh, studies uh, to to read. Uh, The 
the one that comes to my mind is one that was done uh, in 2016 uh, by Jennifer Lee and Kat Pause. Uh, it was in Frontiers in Psychology and it was called Stigma in Practice, Barriers to Health for Fat Women. It is a fantastic article. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. So, you know, I, as I said, it is so fun to have you on. I know, you know, obviously everybody's physically located. So not everybody might be able to get your body rituals in person. Of course. And, <laughs> and I know you also do some online work. Um, would you just kind of tell us um, where you are, what your office is, how people can find you if they want to connect and follow? Yes, of course. And yes, if you want to come out to Petaluma, California and come visit me in my office, that's where I am located in beautiful wine country. I'm in a gorgeous historic building that was built in 1898. Ooh. And it's just a really beautiful, uh, I love it here in California. I've only been here for a couple of years, uh, but if you are not in California or do not plan to come to California anytime soon, uh, I do a lot of work online. A majority, I would say about 90% of what you get in my office, you can get at home, except for it will be your hands on yourself rather than my hands on you. <laughs> and and uh, you can find out more about that on my website, myselfcaredoc.com. I also have a YouTube channel where I publish uh, Makeup Free Monday every Monday, uh, where I go completely barefaced and we talk about a topic for about 15 minutes uh, that it relates to skin health or wellness from a holistic point of view. Uh, so you can find me uh, again at my self-care doc. I am at my self-care doc on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, all the places. So I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> Awesome. And as always, we're going to link all of that into the show notes. So, you know, talking about uh, takeaways from today's session, and please, if you have any other takeaways, like hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, all the things, um, the kind of things that I really took away from this episode is to really think about skincare as a ritual, because again, that to me feels luxurious and expansive and celebrating. And then of course, the fact that everybody deserves to feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so Melissa, I'm going to let you share some final parting thoughts with our listeners. And thank you so much for coming on and being my guest. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I want to leave you with don't forget to take care of yourself because you only get one you. And don't forget to hydrate. All right. Those are always good tips. Thank you again for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.